What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the channel. Tavares here with another episode of the Godly Dating 101 podcast. I'm a little bit of a loaded subject, so I may do it in the two parts, but I'm rushing to get into this because I finally got Gianna sleeping and I'm trying to get this done before she wakes up or else I will be up late night trying to do this episode. <laughs> but today we're talking about signs that you may have a broken heart and how to fix that. Um, and I think a lot of people may even they may feel as though they don't have one um, and they're just like, ah, well, you know, things didn't work out with that person or I didn't like this relationship with the parent or whatever it is. And they may not realize that they're dealing with wounds um, that's affecting them in every other area. Um, and like they say things like uh, hurt people, hurt people, or if you're bleeding, you know, you're going to bleed on those behind you or bleed on those around you. And it's like a lot of times we carry on the weight of those types of things. So I want to talk about that a little bit because I don't believe any of us should be pursuing after marriage if we have that type of um, issue going on without having it first addressed. So if you're new to the podcast, I'm urging you, um, putting in my my special request that you would consider subscribing. If you do enjoy it, consider giving five stars on Apple on all those apps and liking, subscribing. If you're already subscribed, the little notification bell thing here on YouTube. But today I want to talk about this subject because I think it's definitely um, an important one to handle because when you have a wounded heart, you know, in my opinion, you're never really able to fully love or allow yourself to be fully loved. You will always have reservations. When you when you have a wounded heart, you will always put people at a distance. You will always have your guard up. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have your guard up, but the problem is when you start protecting yourself instead of allowing God to protect you. When you start trying to manage who's allowed in your life and you start protecting yourself from people and it's like you, you form these trust issues all because you've been hurt in the past. You don't want to experience that again. Um, but I think it's so important because we don't want to live from a place of insecurity. We want to live from a place that we know this is God's will. Oh, that doesn't look like God's will. I'm not going to get involved with it. Um, but a lot of times when we allow ourselves to have wounded hearts, we're not even thinking rationally. We're being led by our emotions. We're being led by fears. We're being led by insecurities rather than being led by the spirit of God. So it's definitely needed uh, for us to address this, you know, because I, I would hate to know that say, okay, and I'm, I'm married now, but I would hate to know that I'm, I'm a single person. I'm praying God send me my spouse or God lead me to my spouse. And God, when is my spouse going to come here? And in reality, God could have sent 10, 20, 30 people my way. But because of my insecurities, my fears, my doubts, my worries, I wasn't able to fully love them, pursue after them or be able to handle that relationship. Um, and if it's I just noticed it seems to be like a slight glitch just now on my screen. If you see that a couple of times, my apologies. We're switching Internet companies because for whatever reason it's giving us a whole lot of a hassle. Um, so we're going to be switching Internet companies and then, you know, I'm done. I'm over this. But I want to talk about a few signs. At the end of the video, I definitely want you guys to comment some signs that you've noticed you've fallen into, some signs that, you know, how to fix it, some ways to fix it, things like that. So I want you guys to be engaged in the comment section with me. But the first one I'll say is when you're emotionally stuck, that, that is a, a key sign, you know, when you see someone that's emotionally stuck because people in these shoes, they find it so hard to move on. You know, when they think about it, they're still crying about it. They're not able to really function. You know, they're not able to trust again. They're just emotionally, whatever happened in that season paralyzed them. Whatever happened in that season is stopping them from seeing what God wants to do in their future. It's not allowing them to believe or to trust or to have hope again in a great possibility that God may have something better for them. Um, you know, you're 
maybe you're one of those people who it even gets extreme, you know, depressed or you're crying at work, um, you know, but a lot of times I've seen people in these shoes and they're very distracted spiritually. And that's when it can get alarming because it's one thing when we allow stuff to affect home life, you know, work life, things with our friends. But when it gets to the point that it affects your walk with God, that is the most dangerous place we could find ourselves in. You know, so we don't want to get to a point whereas not only did that relationship hurt me, hurt hurt my expectations or things didn't go according to plan, but when it stops me from being who God has called me to be, when it stops me from communing, from having a communion with God, that's when things are really an issue. So sometimes, you know, when we see that where we're stuck, it shows that that person was actually an idol in our life, meaning we elevated them to the point above God. And don't get me wrong, when you deal with a breakup, it is supposed to be painful. It is going to hurt. You know, feelings are involved. Time was um, invested, wasted. Um, you know, so I expected to hurt. But when you're not able to say, well, that wasn't God's will. So I have to push forward. Then that shows that a person was an idol, meaning you had your idea of what was supposed to happen above what God desired. And that's a dangerous place to be. You know, we can't move on. You know, you start saying things like all men are this. All women are that, man. They're all dogs. They're all this. They're all that. I can never trust again. You you don't allow your heart to be open. You know, when your heart is broken, you start seeing through, start seeing people through a broken lens. When you start viewing things from a hurt lens, you're never able to see someone's full potential. You're only able to see what they can do to hurt you. You're never, you're never able to trust them because the per last person who told you you could trust them. They broke your heart. You know, so it always causes you to become a prisoner of your emotions. And I want you guys to read this verse um, with me. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 in the Christian Standard Bible. It says, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. Look, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Now, obviously, I would be foolish to make you guys think that this verse is talking about dating. No part of that is talking about dating. But I want you guys to understand a principle about God. There's a principle that God is showing us that in the middle of your desert, I can still make a way. In the middle of that wilderness, I can still provide. In the middle of your most broken season, your most confused season, I am still able to step in and change something. So when you feel as though... Man, I'm in a situation where nothing can happen. You know that this is becoming a huge issue when you stop remembering that God is able to make a way out of this season. God is able to heal me. God is able to provide the person that I, I, I do desire to marry one day. And when you close your mind off to God, then it's just like, well, at this point, that's becoming a huge issue because God is showing us that your history is never going to be able to compare to the destiny he has for you. Your calling, the thing that God desires for your life is always going to be the, the calling that God has for you is never going to be attached to the things that left. God is not going to allow you to lose your calling and then allow you to keep going. No, as you follow him, he's going to strip some things away from you. And unfortunately, that's some relationships that we do desire, you know, but I think a lot of people, they get trapped in that situation. And we have to be careful. Um, so, I, yeah, I'll just jump straight to it. And that's a perfect reason why I want to suggest um, better help because I, I don't think it's anything wrong with counseling, anything wrong with um, believers having therapy. I'm trying to put it on the screen and it's blocking my shirt. <laughs> but betterhelp.com slash godly. You know, this podcast is sponsored by betterhelp.com, but sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. You know, because a lot of times people, we don't even realize that the, the simple headaches or the migraines you may be having or the, the biting our nails and we just feel as though it's just 
our bad habits. So really, those are stress mechanisms. Those are proof that we're dealing with stress. You know, stress shows up in all kinds of ways, you know, lack of sleep, things like that. But BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Golly Dating 101 podcast listeners gets 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash golly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash godly. So check them out. So another sign of someone who is um, dealing with a broken heart, dealing with a wounded heart is when you're emotionally drained. Um I think a lot of us have been there. You know what I mean? I'm not saying every time you feel drained, but this is a clear sign that you're probably dealing with that. Um, And this is a dangerous place to find yourself in because I believe that it's the devil's desire to have us callous towards God. Um, You know, because emotional people that are emotionally drained, they have zero desire for the things of God. Um, Because why would I care to seek God when he's allowing me to be single? Why would I care to seek God when he's allowing all the guys to only want sex and all the girls to leave me? Why would I care to seek God? Why would I want to pray? And why would I want to read my Bible? And why would I fast? What's the point of even going to church? If God loves me so much, why am I going through so much pain? And we don't even know it, not even just regards to dating. You guys know I talk about all aspects, but a lot of people, they're struggling with finances, struggling with their health, struggling with all these things. And they don't realize the enemy is trying to get them cold towards God. Man, if God was good, then why am I going through something so negative? You know, and I'm not, and I know that's a podcast all in itself, so I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But I want you to understand, it's the enemy's desire to get you to stop serving God. A perfect example of a person who went through a season like this is Job. You know, when Job was going through his trying season, the enemy was like, "Well, God." He's only serving you because you blessed him. You know, if you ever took away the things that Job has, I promise you this brother will curse you to your face. He'll be like everybody else. You know, but the thing is, Job lost family, money, business. All those things started going wrong. And the Bible mentioned that Job worshipped. Now, if we're honest, many of us, when we lose the things that we love, our first response is not always worship. Now, I know you don't want to admit it, but a lot of times we don't always say, oh, let me just worship God because naked I came into this world, naked I'll leave. You know, the Lord gives and he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. That's not always our response. That's how Job looked at it, but that's not how we always look at it. But the enemy knows that if I take something away from you that you love, then you'll get cold with God. And we have to understand that that is not God's desire for you to be cold towards him. You know, so that's why we have to be careful not to allow ourselves to be emotionally drained. And one of the most difficult things for some people to do is to admit that they're emotionally exhausted. You may be crying yourself to sleep, but you'll never ask for help. You're questioning your worth and why did I have to endure that? And why did a relationship end that way? When in reality, all you have to do is turn to God in prayer. You know what I mean? But the enemy, he wants you to keep questioning God and be angry. He wants to he wants to build anger in your heart towards God, resentment in your heart. When he spoke to Eve, he said, the reason why God doesn't want you eating from this tree is because he knows you're going to be a God like him. He doesn't want you to have real knowledge. You know, he tries to get us twisted. He tries to pervert our minds and make us feel as though God is withholding something from us. God doesn't want us happy. That's what the enemy always trying to do. You know, but what I realize is... With people that are emotionally drained, we can never overcome things that we aren't willing to confront. 
Um, I heard it said once that you can't fix a void that you're avoiding. Um, you know, there are always people, you know, it's like, and it's easy for us to pretend to be happy. You know, there are people who, unfortunately, they seemed happy and they took their own life. You know what I mean? And I'm sorry that, you know, this is a, that's a trigger point for anyone, but we all know what it means for people to randomly leave their marriage. And it's just like, well, your spouse didn't even see that coming. Why? Because there's a void, an emotional emptiness, an emotional drainage happening that we're not addressing. And that's why you must address that because you're always going to deal with some issues, inner issues um, for the long term if you're not willing to face it. Um, and I think a lot of times people can um, confuse being numb with being healed. Um, and I think it's a huge difference between being numb and being healed. Both of them, you probably aren't feeling anything, right? But the difference is when something is numb, you're not feeling any sensation. You know, maybe you touch it, no sensation. Um, maybe when you, you poke at the spot, you're not hurting anymore. But in reality, it's not hurting anymore because you're used to it, not because it's healed. You're used to uh, somebody always cheating. You're used to somebody always breaking your heart. You're used to someone always offending you. So now you just begin to expect it. Now you have a mindset to expect pain. You have a mindset that, well, I'm so used to toxic toxicity that I don't mind the abuse. You know what I mean? Every guy's going to abuse me. Every girl's going to cheat on me. Now, because you're so accustomed to it that you're numb, you think you've healed, but you're not healed because you've never allowed God to fix that wound. You just keep expecting things to go downhill. And that's what we have to be careful from. You know, there was a man in John chapter 10. Where Jesus meets the man by the pool and he sees a man who was crippled for 38 years. Now at this pool, if you go in at a certain time, the angel will trouble the waters and the first person who gets into that pool will find healing. Now we see that this man, he he goes and he, you know, somebody, you know, the angel touches the water and he goes and he tries to get in, but he's crippled. He's not getting there before anyone has feet. He doesn't make it. He tries again next week. He tries again the week after. He tries again the month after. And this goes on for 38 years. This man can't walk. So you can tell this man is just like, well, at this point, it is what it is. He runs into Jesus in John chapter 10. And Jesus is like, hey, you know, do you want to be healed? You know, like, you know, what's up? He, tell, he asks him about his situation. And he's like, well, I can't be healed because every time my angel touches the water, someone gets the water before me. Dude is talking to God in flesh, the only man who can actually bring him healing. And he's like, well, I can't be healed because somebody always gets there before me. And that's what we normally do. We're so callous that it's like, well, God can't fix that situation. Somebody else got blessed. Well, God can't do this. We're, we're not even thinking that, well, God is able to fix the situation right now. We're just thinking about, oh, everybody else is blessed but me. And God tells him, you know, pick up your bed and walk. And, you know, he gets up and he walks in his healing. But a lot of times... We get so callous in that season that we're not even paying attention to the fact that maybe God is right there in front of us trying to change our emotions, change our heart, change something about us. But we've just become so cold and distant towards God that we're missing out on what he's trying to do. You know, but when something is healed, it doesn't matter what is done, what is said to them. They can move forward in joy. There's a complete different mindset. You know, if you injured your leg, you know, you could fight through it. But if you're simply numb, you get accustomed to it. There's a lot of people that play professional sports and they just put in injections, you know, let them keep going. But then they have to have a surgery later on because the damage really anybody who's an athlete can understand it because that the damage kept building up on top of it. But if you let something sit after the, the, the recommended doctor's amount of time, you know, the doctors say you need to treat it with this and you actually do that, you'll be just fine. Whereas the person who needed surgery because they kept trying to 
ignore the issue that was really there. Um, Psalm 73 and 26 puts it this way. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Asaph is showing us that things may not always go well in life. I don't know where that mindset has come from where people believe that if I serve God, that you know I won't have any problems, but that's not true. But when you serve God, he will get you through those problems. Just because you serve God means you won't go into a relationship that, that didn't work out. No, nah, maybe you would have thought that was God's will. Maybe that person changed. But God is still the strength of your heart and your portion forever. Meaning it doesn't matter what that relationship looks like. God is able to keep you. God is able to sustain you. He's not allow, He's not going to allow a relationship to destroy your life. Um, when we look at Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When someone is emotionally exhausted, the devil convinces them that God can't be trusted. God is saying, when you have such a burden on your shoulders, when you have such an issue that you don't know how to deal with it, bring it to me. Bring it to me and I will give you rest. So many of you listening, you probably won't even listen to the end of this podcast, but I want you to understand you're holding on to a burden that God wants you to let go of. And you must be willing to drop that burden. You must be willing to bring it to his feet. You must be willing to seek him. Jesus is saying, when you bring that to my feet, then you'll be able to get rest. But you're not getting no rest outside of him. Third thing I'll say is another sign of a person with a broken heart is people who are constantly in these rebound relationships. And I, I, I want to be clear. I'm a firm believer that if you let go of a relationship, you can find God's will. I do believe that sometimes we'll never, some people are listening are always like, oh, I want to find God's will. Or I wonder if this person is God's will. Some of you will never find God's will because you're holding on to what you desire more than what God wants for you. So God may be trying to pull you out of a relationship, but because you're not sure if I find a good man, if I find a good woman, you're not willing to let go of them. But in reality, you have to let go of them in order to find who God does want you to see, in order to find who God does want you to marry. Because how is God going to bless you when you're not willing to let go of your will? Not my will, but his be done. You have to be willing to let go of your will. So I do want to make it clear that you can find somebody outside of, you know, right after a relationship. I don't think you need to wait 10 years or a certain amount of months. I do believe that you can find that. But the problem is when you have a mentality that I need a replacement in order for me to find God's will. I need a replacement. I need somebody to step in and I need this and I and. A lot of times we don't realize how dangerous of a situation that is because we'll get into a relationship asking that person to heal the wounds of someone else. We'll get into a relationship asking someone to be our God, asking someone to be our Savior. We'll get into a relationship expecting people to to to, to heal what someone else um, cut, heal what someone else has broken. You know, so we have to be careful of that. Um, and I think um, all those things are really are just bandages. You know, you want someone to put a bandage over the cut because it's bleeding when in reality a bandage can't heal everything some things require a doctor some things require time some things require true healing true measures for you to get delivered and just jumping into a new relationship is not going to help you get over your ex it's not going to make you stop missing them you're probably going to be married now because you jumped into a new marriage and you still miss your ex and that's a whole another issue right there um, but i want to talk about a little bit about samson and delilah because i think the Bible doesn't talk much about dating. We all get that. But I think Samson is a clear example of a gentleman in the scriptures that he had a problem with rebound relationships. In Judges chapter 14, he was engaged to be married. Um, I'm trying to dive through this because I know I know some people like longer episodes. Some people don't. But 
he was engaged to be married, um, told a riddle to these Philistine men, and they bribed the woman like, hey, tell us this or we're going to kill your family. And she, she gets him to confess what the, the riddle is. After they solve the riddle, he has to pay these men. Um, but he got mad, so angry with the Philistines. He destroyed some Philistines. He had to pay those men. He ended up losing the wife. Um, Judges chapter 15, the, the father-in-law was like, oh, I didn't even know you were going to want her, bro. You know, so I figured I just gave her to your best man. Ultimate disrespect. That's a, um, what they call it, double homicide. You know, you lose your girl and your best man got there. You know, so that was just that was just a hot mess. This is all in the scriptures, y'all. Judges 13 through 16 is the story of Samson. Um, but after he loses his woman, after all that happens with the Philistines, Judges chapter 16 starts off with us seeing Samson going into a house of a prostitute. Right after the dad is like, I didn't know you was going to want her no more. So I, I just gave her to gave her to your boy. My bad. The Bible mentions Samson leaves and now he finds a prostitute. I don't know if that's a week later, month later, whatever. But the point is, instead of dealing with the hurt, it mentions how angry he was and how determined he was to kill the Philistines. And bear in mind, God did want him to kill the Philistines. So God used that, you know, as the angle to take for him to destroy the Philistines. But because of how angry he was, he just went and he just found another woman. He found a prostitute. He went in onto her. And the Bible mentions Philistines was actually going to try to kill him, you know, when he got out the house in the morning and he snuck out the middle of the night. But after the, the prostitute, now he finds Delilah. So a lot of people always focus on the Delilah part. But my issue is the whole downfall series. You went from engaged to the prostitute to this another girl who's clearly trying to destroy you. if She keeps asking for your weakness and telling you the Philistines be upon you, Samson. But my issue is Samson was going from woman to woman because he was not dealing with the heartbreak of the first broken engagement. His heart was so wounded. His heart was so frustrated that he allowed himself to just pursue after whoever was the next one available. Now, many of you may be listening like, yeah, man, that's just Samson. But how many of us, we do that? The relationship didn't work out. So we start talking to the next person that calls us cute. The next person that calls us handsome. The next person that shows us attention. Now we're willing to pursue after them. You know, so we have to be careful because when you're emotionally wounded, it's like swimming. I heard that one time. This is not an original thought. I heard this once. It's like swimming while bleeding. A shark will smell it. And people prey on those who are desperate for relationships. So if you're desperate for a relationship and you jump into another relationship just because you want to get over the person in your past, please understand that you will run into a shark, somebody who's preying on you, and it can lead to your downfall. Yes, Samson destroyed so many Philistines, but yes, Samson did get his heart destroyed in the process. So we have to be very careful in allowing ourselves to get caught up in jumping into relationships just because we don't know how to navigate our broken heart. And the last sign that I'll say in regards to someone with a, um, a broken heart or a wounded heart is someone with a closed off heart. Um, a lot of times, you know, when we're broken, we, we really play, place everyone at a distance because we're so heartbroken. We don't want to endure that again. You know, it's easy for us to just reject the possibility of love. Like, I'm not going to bother trusting again. You know, and sometimes we even get spiritual with it. You know, right? So people always use the verse in Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. And the Bible does tell us to guard our hearts, but it doesn't mean to close it off. I think a lot of times we take that verse out of context. So we wrote um, about how to guard your heart. I, I did a podcast on how to guard your heart. It's not on, on YouTube. So for those who just started subscribing because you like, like it on YouTube, you'd have to go to your podcast outlets to listen to episode 103. I won't dive too deep into that. But guarding your heart doesn't solely mean protecting it from getting hurt 
I think it's showing us um, the context of that verse is really showing us guarding it away from sin at all costs. I know when you say sin, people stop listening, but but hear me out. Listen to the context of this verse. It may not be what you think. So Proverbs 4, 24 through 27, right after you read that, right? It says, avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on a safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Um, that, that's verse 24. So, so Proverbs 4.24, we're warned about guarding our speech. In Proverbs 4.25, we're warned about guarding our eyes. In Proverbs 4.26, we're warned about using our minds wisely. And in verse 27, we're told to, to guard the course of our lives by staying away from evil. All of these things come after verse 23, where it says to guard your heart. Now, a lot of people think, guard my heart. Yeah, I ain't going to date them un unbelievers. Yeah, I guess that's a part of it. But you should also be guarding your heart from all kinds of other things, from perverse media, perverse conversations, perverse relationships, any type of thinking that is not coming from God, you should be guarding your heart away from it. And it's, that's not just talking about who you date, you know, and I think a lot of times we think we're, oh, I'm just never going to date again, man, because I'm tired of getting hurt. And it's like you desire marriage. You're just desired of being broken. That's something you take to God in prayer. And allow God to lead you because a lot of times we're not walking in discernment. We see somebody that's attractive and we assume it's God's will because they're our type. A lot of us, we're single and we're broken because we keep chasing after a type. We keep on thinking, oh, they have to be this tall, this shape, this much money, this, that. this, And it's like we're using so many worldly concepts. And while you must be attracted to your spouse, please don't allow the world to define what is attraction to you. That's my point. We're allowing superficial things to guide our steps. So we have to be careful of that. So I'm going to briefly mention this because I don't want to make the episode too long. These are a few ways to heal if you have a broken heart. Number one, ask God for clarity. I believe there's always purpose behind any type of pain you experience. You know, I believe that God always has a, a lesson for you to learn in any type of relationship you get into and things failed. Because a lot of us, we, we think, well, if God loves me, I shouldn't go through anything. But that's not true. God sometimes uses these things to refine us. All of the great men and women of God in the Bible, they were going through some stuff. Like even Paul, when he got saved, one of the first things he says is, Paul is going to have to see what it means to suffer for me. Paul, like, but right at, when Paul initiated his journey, God already said, man, this dude was doing so much wickedness. And now because I'm going to give him such a passion and power to do great things for God, he's going to have to experience so much persecu persecution. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 in NLT says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You know, and I believe that God can show us certain things, but sometimes he may not tell us why during the process. Sometimes he lets us see after the fact. Sometimes people always say it. People have the saying, hindsight is twenty twenty, And I think the perfect example of that is Joseph. God showed Joseph the vision, the dream, and he was excited. He told his whole family they hated him. But if God showed Joseph, all right, there's going to be a pit. Um, they're going to throw you into slavery for a little bit. Um, you're going to finally get out of slavery, but don't worry about slavery. That wasn't even that bad. Then you're going to go to prison because they're going to accuse you, a Potiphar's wife. If he knew about all this, he'd have been like, listen, God, I'll take a regular nine to five. I don't need all that type of headache. But many times we want God to bless us. We want the, the palace like Joseph had, but we're not willing to experience the pit that Joseph experienced. So you have to understand that God will give you clarity, but you just have to be willing to seek him. And, you know, you have to understand that if God doesn't show you why, 
is because he's preparing you for something greater. And this is only a process to get you to that point. The second thing, spend time with God in prayer. I think that's that's key. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 7, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. So the Bible tells us to call, cast our cares on him. But a lot of times we'll go and we'll pray like, God, I surrender this to you. And we get up from prayer and we pick it up. God, where I'm at the altar right now and I'm sorry for all I've done and the mistakes I've made in the relationship and I'm so stressed about, you know, this heartbreak. I'm so overwhelmed. And then we get up and we start reminiscing. We're checking their page. We're stalking their Instagram. Is this who he dating now? Bro, she really downgraded from me. Like, you know, where did you cast your cares at God's feet in prayer or was that just an emotional response? God wants you to leave it at his feet. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you give it to God, leave it there. Allow God to carry that burden for you. The third thing is be willing to accept responsibility. I know a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys that are listening are mature, but there are so many people that are so immature and it's not even to sound disrespectful, but they're just not willing to say, oh yeah, I could see why, why that was wrong. Like, like if Safa and I argue, it's easy for me to even like say she's in a wrong. It's easy for me to say, but you're the one who did this. But maybe I, I should be able to look at myself and say, okay, I get why you responded that way because you're reacting to my tone. You're reacting to something that I said. So that's why it's key for us to be able to pay attention to that the way we the way we approach these things, we cannot just expect people to act in a healthy way if I'm belittling them or something like that. You know, so accept responsibility for the areas that you've done wrong. You know, I think that's I think that's healthy. Um, the fourth thing I'll say is this. Before I say the fourth thing, hey, you guys, um, we restocked on our merch. So for all you guys that do want to support <laughs> the channel, uh, especially the ones that do support financially, because I know randomly you guys will cash at PayPal, those things. We do. We would love for you guys to support the channel financially and also cop the merch. Buy for some people in your church, all that. But the fourth thing I'll say is be willing to forgive some people you will never move on. And you'll always have a wounded heart because you're not exercising forgiveness. You're holding on to something that somebody did to you when you were a child. Was it fair? No. Was it wrong? Probably yes. That does not mean you have a right to stay upset forever. It doesn't mean you have a right to be bitter forever. You don't, I mean, you have the right, but it's only harming you. That person has moved on. They're probably married. They're probably dead. They're probably engaged. They're probably dating someone new. And because they cheated, you're not willing to say, you know what? I didn't deserve it, but you don't deserve to, to take my peace. I think that's what we need to understand. If I let them rob my peace, that was my choice. If I let them rob me of my relationship with God, that was my choice. Because a lot of you are saying, oh, once saved, always saved. I'm not going to lose my relationship with God. Let me show you what Jesus says. In Matthew 6, 15, he says, but if you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive your offenses. So how are you going to have a relationship with God if God is not forgiving you? Because trust me. We all have sin in our lives. And if God doesn't forgive us, oh, that's that's a scary sight. I don't want to risk hell. I don't want to risk a broken relationship with God. I don't want to rel- I don't want to risk intimacy with God and hearing the God's voice and feeling God's presence all because I'm mad at what she did to me years ago. All because I'm mad that they broke my heart. Listen, you have to forgive. Wanting God to strike them. I know you're probably praying David prayers. God crush my enemies and break their teeth. I know you're probably doing all that, but it's not good for you. Be willing to forgive. And the last thing I'll say is just give it time. Because in reality, I can tell you to do all these things, get therapy, do all these things. But time spent with God will heal the wounds. 
You cannot get over certain relationships in a week. You can't get over certain relationships in a month. Sometimes it was a lot invested. Maybe many of you listening are married and you're still broken because of that divorce. I understand. Well, I, I don't understand, but I, I can get why you can be frustrated. So my thing is, I'm just letting you know that it's not God's will for you to walk with a broken heart anymore. God does want you to be healed. Your future relationship requires for you to enter into it with heal, with a whole heart because that person can help you heal but that person can also experience a lot of damage, deal with your insecurities, your trust issues, all because of something they didn't cause. So if you want a godly, healthy marriage, that means you are going to have to come into the marriage healthy, godly, whole, not dealing with the baggage from the past. Release it. Drop it off at baggage claim. It's not worth it. But that's the end of the podcast. So today I want to ask you guys, if you didn't, if you listen to the end, obviously share it and all those things, tell your people's likes, subscribe, all that. But we did restock on the merch store. I would love if you guys buy one, tag me when you do, especially tag me either when you buy it or when you wear it so we can post you guys on the page. We'd um, love to love to showcase that. So I appreciate you guys always showing love. But what are some signs that you've noticed in your life when you were dealing with a broken heart or you've seen in others? Um, and how do you think people can fix that? What are your thoughts? I want you guys to engage with me in the comment section. Um, and until next time, I'll see y'all next Thursday. Love y'all. Peace.